Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 117 of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from the OpenStack Summit here in Hong Kong, and, uh, Got our uh, co-host for the week here, Kenneth Hoy. How you doing, Ken? Good. I'm a little tired. But yeah, been good. And and you know what? I forgot to check in the archives when when you were on. But one of the original guests, <laughs> George Reese, back to the show. It's a while ago. <laughs> How you doing, George? I'm doing okay. I've gotten over my jet lag, I think. <laughs> well, and, and you know, so a lot has changed since the last time because you you know you weren't even in Stratus. You were in Stratus, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so I got to ask, you know, before we even get to that. So you're out of Minnesota. Yep. But you bought a Tesla. <laughs> yep. I thought those things don't run in the cold, man. Uh, they, they definitely <laughs> get the, the, the mileage you get out of a battery charge is definitely lessened by the cold. I have noticed that. Uh, but they run just fine. Uh, just you can't go as far. Okay. All right. <laughs> and... and Elon Musk hasn't, you know, hit the the silent kill switch on yours yet not, with all the friends yet. you're making. Not yet. <laughs> and the interesting thing is, is, is he is keynoting Dell World. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. That was announced like two weeks after my article on the, the, the Tesla Rust <laughs> APIs. <laughs> so, so for those out there that that, that don't know, um, there was a company called Instratus, which then became a company called Instratius for two months. With, for two months. And then was acquired by Dell, and it's now Dell Multi-Cloud Manager, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Did you have a hand in renaming it? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so Instratus had to change its name to Instratius because of a trademark issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, somebody uh, fought to prevent us from getting a trademark around that, so... The magic eye fixed that, uh, but you know the, when Dell acquired us, um, it didn't make sense to to uh, part of getting the eye inserted in there is there were covenants around that, so it didn't make sense for Dell to stick with that as a brand. It was an encumbered brand, so sure. you know, you know, and, and what what's better than a, a, an acronym? Yeah. So so <laughs> let, let me yeah <laughs> let me ask you this. So so how has it changed? Since being acquired by Dell, you know, first from a you know customer standpoint mm-hmm. and conversations you're having, and and where the industry has gone from way back when till now, and from a product standpoint too. Well, one of the things that was very uh, exciting to me about Dell as an acquirer was that you know when we got together and compared notes as to what. Dell's cloud strategy was and their reference architecture and what our roadmap was, it was it was like it was written by the same team. And wow. and so um, you know, basically Dell's strategy with our team has been it isn't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> so uh, so you know, most of the team has been uh, living their life the way they would have had there been no event. Uh, and uh, you know the, the sales team's life's changed because they need to integrate, because they're selling as part of a bigger solution now. And my life has changed because I I worry about the problem of how do we work and play nice within the rest of Dell. Because one of the neat things about, you, you know, you think about 
uh, in Stratius is as a cloud management tool, but you know, I guess the dirty little secret is really what we are is is a thing that sort of glues together a bunch of things that you already have. And right. Dell has a lot of Lego pieces that need gluing together, so sure. we're actually a nice piece of glue for some of that. Very cool. Um, and so you're here at the OpenStack Summit this week. You've got a couple sessions. Do most of them revolve around APIs specifically? Uh, so the session that I did yesterday was a session on the OpenStack APIs, sort of talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, with the motivation of I'm, I, I, I am an OpenStack supporter. That's the important thing to note here. But I am constantly throwing darts at the OpenStack APIs because I have to live with them every day. And, uh, you know, I want OpenStack to succeed and there are issues that need, you know, so that's what that was about. Sure. Um, I'm on a panel tomorrow around portability, uh, you know, so it, it's uh, with... Uh, Randy Bias and a couple other guys uh, uh, who, you know, are worried about that particular problem. Uh, how do you make applications and, and workloads that are portable among OpenStack and potentially even outside OpenStack? Right. Uh, and then finally, another panel uh, um, around uh, actual customer adoption of OpenStack and what we're actually seeing in the wild. So go back to the the first talk briefly. So so kind of give us the highlights of the API discussion. What's good, what's bad, what's ugly? Well, right uh, the important thing to know, I guess the way I start off this conversation is with the caveat that I think that the OpenStack APIs are about the best designed APIs that are in the cloud computing space. I mean, you cut you contrast them with EC2 and EC2 API or Amazon's APIs in general and I just say EC2 are the ugliest things on earth. Uh, you know, and, I thought that was reserved for that that V company you like to talk about. about. Oh well, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> he's talking cloud. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, <laughs> talking cloud. Yeah. Talk you. No, but um, you know, VMware's problems go beyond lack of elegance. Uh, um, they're, they're, they've they've got ugly APIs and they don't work. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> See that just wouldn't be a good podcast without without George. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, so the EC2 APIs are very ugly, uh, and the OpenStack ones are very elegant. And you know, there's a big gap between OpenStack's APIs and whoever is second. Right. And I don't know who I'd pick as second. But there's a big gap there. Uh, the problem is, is that there's more to an API than just elegance and faithfulness to RESTful principles. And that's where OpenStack falls apart. Um, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's, a, it's actually a symptom of one of the virtues of OpenStack. One of the virtues of OpenStack is that it's driven by a community that's focused on building the best product. Uh, the problem is with that is is that sometimes a lot of those people aren't living with the product right. that, 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 that they're uh, designing. Is and it a little bit of the, still uh, building the plane while you're flying it? No, I don't think it's that. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Amazon does that. True. And Amazon doesn't break people's code. Um, <laughs> you know, right, right. Uh, now, the, the place where it's gotten Amazon in trouble is with VPC. VPC is, is a mess that gets compounded by more messiness that gets compounded by more messiness because they're, you know, building the plane while it's flying. Mm-hmm. Um, OpenStack problem is a little bit different. They, you know, the, 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 a lot of times 
we don't get to the part of flying the plane. We just decide we get to we taxi out to the end of the runway and say, oh, you know, we could do this better. Let's junk it and build a new plane. Right. Um, you know, and the net result is is that you know if you're having to live with this. Um, it can be problematic between upgrades, mm-hmm. and if you're somebody who wants to see an ecosystem evolve, it's difficult for people participating in the ecosystem to know that their code's going to reliably work against any right. two random. Now, now, do you feel like everyone's starting to get it? Well, it's definitely better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, uh, I, you know, I, I, I had hair before uh, Diablo. Um, but uh, you know um, it's still I mean Neutron is a huge problem Uh, and there there are no two um, OpenStack environments I've encountered that have networking configured the same Uh, and if you you look at HP and Rackspace neither of them are anything like what is sitting in the Head branch of uh, uh, of, open, of OpenStack right, right now, and, mm-hmm. and obviously there you know there are business reasons why Rackspace and HP are that way. Sure. Neutron has got production concerns at this point, uh, and the, but then you get into you know private clouds that have decided to take different directions to deal with that problem, and so you end up with no two environments looking the same, and um, and instead of dealing with this issue by solving the abstraction and hiding these problems from uh, the ecosystem, these problems are exposed to the ecosystem. So I have to have code that is conditionally checking for the way Rackspace does things, the way HP does right. things, the way the standard distro does things. Mm-hmm. I understand. I understand. So if we go kind of on to that second talk you were talking about of that, that panel about APIs and so talking uh, specifically about uh, Randy and Simon Wardley and yeah. some of the others in the industry of how do you feel about OpenStack and, and should they adopt AWS APIs? Should they, you know, do their own, you know, give yeah. us kind of the, the the George opinion of all of this, right? I, I saw your, your so, Twitter and I, I actually thought you laid it out really well on yeah. Twitter, but kind of for everyone else, you know, what are your thoughts around all of this? So, so I, I think I'm the peacemaker in this. I'm not the agitator. But uh, so, you know, in 2011, I did. I wrote an article on. Oh, I'll step back a bit. So, you know, we early on signed Simon Wardley as an advisor on a board of advisors to, to Instratus. And one of the things I did as a Skunk Works project myself, uh, you know, on, on uh, Simon's advice was to write a EC2 compatible API into Instratus. And it's in there. And we actually, dirty secret is we have an EC2 compatibility. <laughs> uh, um, uh, we, we, we don't talk about it that much because I don't think we're in a position to support it. Um, and the reason is is that um, the, and, and, and the article I wrote in 2011 was a reflection on that experience about EC2 as a de facto API. And it's actually, it's not as simple as it sounds. It's not an issue of take the spec implemented against, uh, against OpenStack uh, because... Uh, there are a number of reasons, some of which, you know, the, 
going back to the EC2 versus OpenStack, you know, I said EC2 is an ugly, ugly API, but the one thing they've never done is break my code. Right. Um, right. And, and uh, I've got code. I'm pretty it's sure ugly, that dates but it's back consistent. to 2008 yeah. that still works. Right. Sure. And, uh, and, and 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 they treat that as a holy thing. You will not break customer code, uh, and it doesn't matter how much you change things, you don't break customer code. And uh, what's that is, they, they've taken that to even a little bit of an extreme where they support um, broken ways customers do, do, have done things <laughs> uh, that, that aren't, you know, that, that never were documented, but right. they've, you know, they've seen customers trying to do this, so they've accepted that. A good example is timestamps. So a lot of the ecosystem tools out there will submit uh, um, API calls to Amazon with timestamps right. that are aren't in the documented format. Right. So when you're implementing the EC2 APIs and you do things according to spec, yeah. uh, those tools will break and you'll be wondering why. I've implemented the spec. Uh, and, and by the way, there is no spec. There's the currently documented set of APIs. But, um, uh, and, and then also, you know, Amazon's made some bad decisions that impact, uh, you know, uh, people who've made some good decisions, uh, you know, for example, the way Amazon handles identifiers, unique identifiers, is beyond daft. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it, it it matters to the API how um, Amazon identifies things, and that should never happen. And it, an ID should be shouldn't matter. It right. should just be the text that gets filled in there. And um, OpenStack views. It, it that way. There's no meaning built in. They're just this jumble of UUIDs. Right. Uh, you can't give a, a pass into an Amazon compatible API a UUID because it embeds meanings into those IDs. So there's this big how do you map these idea, right. IDs and if you end up with two ecosystem tools, one written against the EC2 APIs, one against the uh, OpenStack APIs, how do you let them know that they're talking about the same reference right. in, okay. in, in, in OpenStack? Right. Well, so it's a really hard problem to solve. Yep. Having said that, there's a huge ecosystem of tools out there that are built around Amazon workflows. Sure. A lot of the customer base who's interested in OpenStack is, is, is solving the problem of um, my, my, my team likes on-demand self-service in Amazon and we want to provide that kind of experience behind the firewall right. and we've got this tooling built up around what's going on in Amazon. Uh, how do we take how do we take advantage of those tools and, and, and take advantage of OpenStack? Um, and so I think OpenStack needs to recognize it's a really hard problem to solve, sure. but it's also a very valuable problem to solve too. Sure. Having said that, the EC2 APIs cannot be, you know, I, I, I think Simon would argue, and maybe I'm putting words into mm -hmm. his mouth, that they should be the APIs for right, OpenStack. Right. And, and, and that's problematic, and the best example of why that's problematic is VPC. VPC right. is a mess that, I mean, as much of a problem as we're having an OpenStack with the Neutron stuff, um, we do not want to um, compound those problems with trying right. to model uh, networking after the way Amazon's done with VPC. It would be right. uglier, messier, and we'd never get out of the woods. <laughs> so to follow up on that, how would you address people in the kind of like the Simon Ward who would basically say AWS is the public cloud, de facto. OpenStack should give up on trying to be a public cloud. It should just be basically a private cloud that can talk 
that can you talk to AWS? If uh, that were the reality, we would all be using Windows today. Uh, I mean, you know, there's always room for new competition to start up and challenge the status quo, to offer different ideas. We need more than one public cloud out there, uh, it, you know. It, but we we need we need a variety of choices pushing the idea that cloud is on-demand self-service and not things out there that are pushing uh, cloud as um, some way of of cloud washing an existing right. technology because not that's just what I have to right. sell. Not yeah. just virtualizing something. Yeah. Well, and, and so so that brings up a, an interesting you know next topic of. So how do you feel about VMware's offering then? Because they're, yeah, it's new, and yeah, it's new competition, and yeah, it potentially addresses new things, but at the same time, it's... The hybrid cloud stuff? Yeah. yeah well, so, so, so what's your thoughts on that, right? Because it's almost like taking something new, or taking something old and presenting it in a new way. Well, right? I think the powers that be at EMC VMware have actually... Okay, so I'm going to say something nice here. Uh, uh, been pretty brilliant about the way, for the most part, they've approached um, some of the stuff around cloud. I mean, it, it's almost, you know, ripped from the textbooks of Innovator's Dilemma. They uh, saw the most innovative, the most disruptive piece of cloud, the, the stuff around pass, yeah. built up uh, an ecosystem around it and spun it off into a new company so that it could go be successful on its own right. and not have to be encumbered by the demands right. that VMware is encumbered by. Right. Uh, and at the same time, uh, they... They, they have, on the other hand, they failed to recognize is, recognize that there are two pieces to uh, the cloud computing puzzle. There is the where customers are today behind the firewall, and then there's what the end users are actually wanting and what they think of as cloud. What the end users are wanting is on-demand self-service, right. and obviously, you know, things like Cloud Foundry are doing that, doing a great yeah. job of that, uh, but. VMware, everything they've got in their toolkit today is not that. Uh, whether it's whether it's VMware Hybrid Cloud, whether it's vCloud, whether it's vCAC, those are all about taking a virtualized data center and making it feel more cloudy. Um, and uh, and you know, if I were dealing with VMware, I guess I would have had an OpenStack strategy around making OpenStack and VMware uh, work together in a nice uh, unified product set so that you could have the on-demand self-service cloud, but also the crutches for the VMware shops that are invested in VMware and are afraid of the the new brave cloud. new world yeah. of OpenStack. Sure. Well, and, and I think they failed on that. Yes. And, and, and so that brings up the point of, uh, okay, there's a lot of companies out there that, that really classify themselves as, quote-unquote, enterprise cloud, yeah. right? And, and you've actually written extensively about you know, designing applications in one way or another for cloud. And mm -hmm. with all the customers you talk to, are enterprises getting that very fundamental concept that it's not necessarily about virtualization in a different place or in a new way? And are they actually transferring or transforming 
Well, the, the snarky way I put it is that if it's if it's branded enterprise cloud, then it, that's a fancy way of saying it's not a cloud. Uh, right. But um, you know. What enterprises are coming to realize is that the true on-demand self-service clouds like Amazon, like Rackspace, like HP's cloud, uh, which, you know, I know they do talk about it as an enterprise cloud, um, but it, it is first and foremost an on-demand self-service cloud. That, that's, that's what, you know, regardless of all this talk, you know, that, that people put in about the resilience of the underlying infrastructure, um, that often ends up at odds, maybe because of a, a technical accident that most of it's on VMware, but it does end up at odds with the idea of on-demand self-service and the idea of ch achieving resiliency through other mechanisms. Right. And people, and the traditional enterprise vendors want you to believe that resilience can only be achieved through the underlying hardware or through the virtualization layer right. taking care of resiliency for you. And um, and like I said, that ends up in conflict with the on-demand self-service. You know, people people aren't mature enough, or their understanding of cloud isn't mature enough yet that they can say exactly what they want right. about cloud. You know, heck, we as cloud experts have a hard time vocalizing what we mean about right. cloud. But, you know, what they're... What, most often what they're really saying is, you know, what I'm getting from Salesforce.com, what I'm getting from Amazon, that's that's what I want in the stuff behind the firewall. UIT, provide that to me or I'm not going to listen to you. And so um, that's where why OpenStack matters is because OpenStack can give them that and, it, and with the right partners in play who are help, to help them build that out, um, they can get a cloud on which they can deploy enterprise workloads and, and have them be resilient, high, highly available, highly performant, uh, all the stuff that you get out of enterprise things. Sure, sure. So, actually, I went and looked it up. So you're on episode 19. <laughs> so we're at episode 117. Yeah. So if I would have held out two more, they, you would have been yeah, 100 exactly 100, right? Wow. So we, we've come a long way. So, you know, for those of you that want to dig way back in the archives, you know, episode 19 was definitely worth a listen as well. And it'd be interesting <laughs> to see, uh, you know, past versus present. And, yeah. and with that in mind, again, you've never been one to kind of hold back. So what are your predictions for, you know, 2014 and, and where does this industry go next? Uh, well, I think the biggest danger right now because of cloud washing at least if you're an enterprise vendor or you're invested uh, in your job and in IT, is buying into cloud washing. Uh, because I, I think, I, I think we're, we're running into a problem that all this cloud washing is, is, is hindering good on-demand technologies like OpenStack and CloudStack and Eucalyptus because we've got these this all these enterprise, traditional vendors and the IT shops they sell to trying to push these virtual data centers out there. And, and the, again, the, the end customers within the organization are saying, I want on-demand self-service. And so the danger in 2014 and 2015 is that if enterprise IT and vendors to enterprise don't figure out a way how to um, make customers see that OpenStack is an enterprise technology that they can deploy 
uh, enterprise class private clouds on that what's going to happen is the business is going to move beyond them and the private cloud bus will sail and all we'll have is public clouds and you know maybe that's not a bad thing but I think that's an opportunity lost uh, uh, if that happens alright so we are running out of time and the show floor is getting noisier and noisier um, so George where can everyone find out more about you and the products and what you got going on these days uh, well I have a blog at, uh, on O'Reilly that I occasionally write to uh, and uh, mostly you know I'm still dedicated to Dell multi-cloud manager in Stratius so in stratius.com for that stuff and are you uh, any more books in the works? or I am going to attempt to do a, a sort of a follow-up book on the REST uh, API ebook that I did and, and focus more on uh, hand-holding people through the process of building out a REST API. Cool. And is that an O'Reilly book then? No, it'll be a self-publishing. I think right. I'm going to do just self-publish from now on out. Is it going to include writing APIs for home appliances? Thermostats, uh, things like it, that. I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> that, that's actually, you know, my personal area of interest yeah, right I now know. is Internet of Things stuff. And, right. and, uh, and I don't know what to do with that hobby right now, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I'll certainly talk about it in the book. Right. Very cool. All right. So if you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at the Net or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening.